Welcome to the Retirement Education Hour. Hi, everyone. I'm Megan Mozak. We're glad you're here on the program with us. And as always, I'm back in the studio with financial instructors, Kirk Cassidy and Dr. Paul Mettler. Kirk and Paul, they're both with the Retirement Education Foundation. And throughout this program, we'll be telling you more about the foundation, telling you about the courses that they hold at major colleges and universities in your community, and most importantly, how you can attend so that you can get up to speed and get educated on what it takes to retire successfully here in the 21st century. And we do have a great program lined up for you today. Do you know what you need to be thinking about before you ever sit down to plan for retirement? Kirk and Paul, they're going to spell it out. They're going to give you a checklist, so get your pencils ready. We're going to dive into that, and I want to remind you that this very program, you can go back and listen to it. You can share it with a friend, a neighbor, a spouse. You can find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's right. You can download it. Simply search for the name of our program, Retirement Education Hour, and be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Kirk and Paul, it's great to be back with you, and I'm excited about this checklist you've prepared for us, for our listeners today. We're going to learn what we need to be thinking about wrangling, gathering, before we even start planning. We're going way back, aren't we? Well, sort of a pre-planning checklist, if you will. I think that, <laughs> I don't think, we know. We, we, we The charity has now taught over 10,000 people over the last decade in universities, in multiple states, many universities and colleges in multiple states. And, and what we know is even people attending the class aren't always prepared to attend the class because they're not prepared with the answers to the basic questions they need to be able to do retirement planning. Uh, simple things. Like, for example, you know, what are your goals in retirement, right? What's your vision, right? How, how much money do you think you want in retirement? Who should be involved in the plan, right? Who are your stakeholders, right? What's your timeline? When do you want to retire? Or when may you be forced to retire because of health or because of employment issues? What are your resources, right? Do you have IRA money, non-IRA money? Do you have a pension? What about, what about your Social Security? Is there an inheritance? What are the risks out there for you that you have to plan for and think about, right? These are the things that you need to gather as you plan for retirement. You know, we have, Kirk, it's amazing. We have checklists for everything, don't we? I mean, I have a checklist when I go to the grocery store, right? It's amazing. We meet people who come to our classes and you ask them, okay, how prepared are you to do your retirement plan? And none of them have checklists. They don't really know what to think about. The goal of this show is to help people understand what do you need to think about before you sit down and actually do a retirement plan? Well, I always find it interesting, Paul, when people come to the class and, and they're already beginning to start trying to figure out retirement or they have an uh, advisor, they have CPAs, attorneys, they have a team, but they don't even know if they're the right team to help them with their planning. Like they didn't go through a checklist to make sure the people that were helping them were the right people to help them to be able to provide them the type of planning they're looking for. So this pre-checklist, and I know it's a little vague, and we're going to drill down deeper into, okay, so now that we've got this checklist, what are some of the mistakes and things that people are making while building a plan? But let's start with how much longer do you think you can work or want to work? And then how about how much income do I want in retirement? Not how much income do I need? Because that's often the question that 
everyone around you is asking you, what do you need in retirement? Forget what you need. What do you want in retirement? What are some of the things that you want to accomplish and do in retirement to make sure that then your resources match the things you want to do? So these are some of the things that you should be prepared and already come to some of our classes with to be able to help you go through the exercise of building a real retirement plan. So we teach these eight-hour classes, Paul, in major university settings around Michigan and and now Missouri. And to attend these eight-hour, like, master's-level courses, all you have to do is make a $29 donation to charity. If you'd like to register, go to retirementplanningedu.org. That's retirementplanningedu.org. You know, Kirk, you think... Most major tasks in our life, and I think we would all agree that retirement is a major task, right? Most major tasks in our life, as we sit down and and write down a checklist of all the things that we need to address to accomplish that task, most people do research, right? Most people, you know, don't just dive in, they do research. Nowadays, we have the internet, but people start, you know, you, you learn about the things that you need to do for the task at hand. So when we're talking about our pre-checklist, the one piece that we're going to talk about at the end is you got to get educated, right? If you really want to plan well, you need to do some research. You need to learn some things. And that's what our class is all about, right? Our class is to prepare people for retirement. How do you build a retirement plan? And that should be part of your checklist. Would you agree? I totally agree. In fact, as you were speaking, Paul, I just jotted down on on a piece of paper just single things that people need to write down and identify before they begin building a plan. Because right, everything starts in retirement based upon a plan. What do I invest in? When do I retire? When do I take Social Security? Do I take my lump sum versus pension? Should I have life insurance? What kind of Medicare insurance? All the decisions you need to be making in retirement should be based upon a plan which is a little different than you've done your whole life. So let me go through a checklist of things that you need to think about before you even begin building a plan. That is, okay, so how much resources do I have right now? How much income do I want in retirement? What is my health and my spouse's health like? What kind of longevity could I anticipate? What about inheritance? What kind of life expectancy do my parents have if they're still living? And will I inherit any wealth from them? All of these impact the plan. What about your home? Is your home prepared and able to allow you to age? Are you going to have to move or make adjustments to your home? And then I've said it a couple of times now, your team. Do you have the right team to execute a retirement plan for you? You may have had the right team to get you where you are today, but I can promise you the team that's gotten you where you're at today shouldn't be the team that will help you get you through retirement. So to learn more about this, you need to attend an eight-hour class. This is like a master's level course. We're teaching up at the University of Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Michigan State University, Novi and Troy campuses, Oakland University, the University of Missouri, Columbia College. We also stream the classes live from the university. So wherever you're at in the country, you can attend. If you'd like to register, go to retirementplanningedu.org. That's retirementplanningedu.org. And we'll be back with Kirk and Paul right after this. 
Thanks for listening to the Retirement Education Hour. Be sure to follow or subscribe when listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now back to the show. Glad you're with us. This is the Retirement Education Hour. Megan Mozak here in the studio with Kirk Cassidy and Dr. Paul Mettler, both financial instructors with the Retirement Education Foundation. And we're talking about your pre-retirement planning checklist. So these are the things you need to be considering before you even begin to plan, begin to prepare. And Kirk and Paul, they've done a great job here organizing that checklist for us. So we're going to dive into that. You know, I was thinking, Kirk and Paul, whether you have surgery you know, there's a pre-surgery checklist. Uh, last time my husband and I sold our house, our realtor brought a pre-listing checklist. Uh, if, if we have divers out there, scuba divers, there's a pre-dive checklist. We love checklists, don't we? It makes it helps you get it's confident, right? And so I want you to to just break down maybe why you're bringing this forward today and what what you want to start with. What's like the what's the first thing on this list? Well, there's a little bit of an ulterior motive here. First of all, is to to help people recognize that what they are hearing and the opinions they have formed about what they think or want in retirement is probably a little bit broken. It's a, it's a little inaccurate. It's probably not applicable for most of the people listening to our show. It may be applicable for many of your friends and people you know, uh, like the average baby boomer. But what we know is the people listening often, listening to our shows and often attending our courses are not the average baby boomer. And I, I know people are going to be shocked when we when they hear this, but the average baby boomer is going to retire with about $200,000 saved for retirement. So what, what we're going to attempt to do is give you some ways to set up a checklist, but also as we're giving you that checklist, show you where some of the information you think you have dialed in is not accurate. And it's because you've been conditioned to believe some of these things. So so let's start with, you need to create a vision of what your retirement income will look like, what you want it to look like. And so this is this is also mistake number one, is many of you think you're going to live on less in retirement than you did during your working years. In fact, most people are telling you you only need 78% of your income in retirement. We know this is wrong for those $1 to $10 million families. We know this for sure that, that it's wrong. And even the study that people quote that 78% number tells us it's wrong. The real number is that 66% of you will actually spend more money in the first five years of retirement than you did the last five years you were working. So let's start with understanding what our vision of what we want in retirement, real vision, not what people are telling us. What's our vision? And we have to start by understanding what we're currently spending. Because we're going, you're going to spend at least what you're spending right now in retirement. I would argue you're likely going to, our experience teaching ten, tens of thousands of people now, is that you're going to spend more, especially those households that bring in, you know, that $150,000 to $300,000 households. Your lifestyle is not going to change much. With one exception, Paul, of course, if they have kids in college and they're paying for the kids, different story. So, Paul, can you walk them through a good way for them to 
to actually identify what they're spending because we know everyone thinks they have a budget, but our experience is your budgets are wrong. So we're going to give you an exercise that you can all do to determine what your vision should and could look like in retirement. Yeah, you know, we call it the top-down analysis or your top-down budget, which is very different than a bottom-up. So everybody can easily identify how much cash flow comes into your household, how much income while you're working comes in. You can look at your paychecks and all your sources of income. So you add up all of the sources of income and the total amount of money that comes into your household in a given year. And then you look at your checking and savings. Did your checking and savings go up during the year? Did it stay the same? Did it go down? So let's assume for a moment you add up all of your income and your checking and savings stay the same. Whatever you had in the beginning of the year, you have at the end of the year. We would argue then you, your budget, what you spent is the total amount that came into your household. Let's say for a moment your checking and savings went down $10,000. We would argue that you actually spent your total income plus $10,000. And you could say conversely if your savings goes up. We call this a top-down analysis, a top-down budget. And if I could say one thing, Kirk, I have been amazed at the disconnect between what people think they spend because they do a bottom-up. They, you know, they, they sit down and they, they look at, okay, what are my fixed costs? And they do this bottom-up budget. And I've been amazed at the disconnect between what people actually spend when you look at a top-down budget compared to the bottom-up budget. So, Paul, we have uh, attending our courses, the average person attending our courses has four and a half years post-high school education. So they're highly educated. We're talking about CPAs, CFA, and CFOs, engineers, faculty at universities, uh, many professors, economists, pension fund managers, lawyers, uh, you name it, very educated people who are doing budget is, budgeting every day for their for their professional lives and their personal lives and their personal budgets are wrong. And so what I'm going to propose is when we come back next segment, I'm actually going to walk them through how to really do a top-down budget analysis. I know you described it, but I want to give them the exercises they can go through to make sure they hone in that number. So, again, you want to learn more, attend one of our 8-hour courses, you should go to retirement planning edu.org that's retirementplanningedu.org i hope to see you at a class and we'll be back with kirk and paul right after this listening from outside michigan or missouri we stream courses live from the university so you can attend anywhere in the country go to retirementplanningedu.org that's retirementplanningedu.org to sign up and now back to the show. Back with Kurt Cassidy and Dr. Paul Mettler here in the studio for the Retirement Education Hour. Glad you've tuned in today. Great topic for you on our show. Hope you have your pencils and papers out. We are giving you a checklist. This is a pre-planning checklist for retirement. What are the very first things you need to be thinking about? What types of things do you need to start collecting, organizing, making decisions about? We want you to be armed with all of this before you begin to map out that plan for retirement. You know, it really is all about education. That's what we do here on the show. Kirk and Paul, of course, they are with the Retirement Education Foundation. All right. So I heard something and I 
hoping you can follow up on this, Kirk and Paul, top-down budgeting analysis. What is that exactly? Yeah, so again, you know, one of the things we want to do before we even begin to plan for retirement is to at least understand what we're spending. Okay, so Paul described what a top-down budget analysis was. I want to walk you through the exercise of doing it. It's really the easiest way to do budgeting. Frankly, in our private practice, this is how we approach retirement planning. In our courses, this is what we teach people to do as well. Stop with the spreadsheets because you guys are leaking money. There's money being spent that you may not fully be aware of, you think you're aware of. I'm, I'm telling you, these are CPAs and CFOs, uh, even some for Fortune 500 companies that are attending our courses and they realize that their budgets, budgets are way off. So here it is, really. It's super simple. Let's say you're a married couple and you and your spouse are both making $150,000 each. So between the two of you, your gross income before any expenses, taxes, or anything taken out of your checks is a total of $300,000. Now, you are both also going to contribute to your 401ks. So let's say you both are contributing $25,000 each. So if you started, household income was $300,000, and you're both saving $25,000 each, we are now down to $250,000 that's coming into our households. Now we can go look at our tax return, our 1040s, and see how, how much total income taxes are we paying that year. Let's assume for a minute, I'm just using a hypothetical number, let's say you paid $60,000 in total taxes this year. So now your $250,000 has come down after taxes to one ninety. Now let's say you're contributing to a health savings account or some sort of medical account, and let's assume for a minute, just to make the numbers either even, that you put $10,000 into it for your whole family into a health savings account. So now your 190 is down to 180. So now we know $180,000 is coming into our house. For sure, that is what is coming into our checkings and savings every single year, $180,000. Now, like Paul said, it's as simple as, did I add money into my savings last year? Did I take money out of my savings last year? Or did I do nothing? Add none, took none, I just spent the entire 180. So if your checking and savings didn't have a contribution over the year or a decrease over the year, you've spent $180,000. I don't care what your spreadsheet tells you, that is how much money has come into your house and left your house this year. And so at minimum, that has to be a starting point for retirement. That has to be your starting point. Right, Paul? Yeah, not surprising you did a 10 times better job at explaining that than I did. And I'm so happy we did that because, I mean, that was it really sort of walked through real life what happens when you do a top-down analysis. If I could add one thing. Please. So once you get that number, now we know what you're spending while you're working. And at the very least, I think most people want to continue living the life they've been living. But we have to make adjustments to this. Because probably if you're working full-time, you're not taking all the vacations you've wanted to take. You haven't done the remodels that you've wanted to do. Maybe you want to give money to the kids you've not been able to give to. You know, so you have to then, after you get that number, you have to actually make some adjustments. And most people actually spend a little more earlier on in retirement. Later on, maybe less. But most people spend a little early, more early on because they've put off so much while they're working. 
So once you get that top down, you make those adjustments, then you have that number, right? And that's your vision, Kirk, right? That is where you want to start. Paul, you made a really good point because they're all getting bad information, right? Especially that one to $10 million families, you're getting bad information. The study, the quote, they're quoting the 78% of your income is not right. It's not accurate. Even the study itself, that 78% of your income is taking it from a study where 40% of the people in the study only had social security to live on. So it skewed all the data. And here's the other point. You spend 2000 hours a year working. Are you going to just sit at home and do nothing now? Of course. This is what you spent your 30, 40 years working to have the freedom to be able to go do the things that you weren't able to do when you were working. Traveling, home improvement projects, whatever it is that's on your bucket list. While you are healthy, early in retirement, you're going to spend, in our experience, we've taught over 10,000 people now, and the data supports this, by the way, that you're going to spend more that first five to 10 years of retirement. Now come to the class. If you attend the class, we'll teach you why you don't need to worry about so worry so much about inflation in retirement because your spending patterns will significantly reduce as you age. And we'll give you some data points and ideas after helping thousands of people through retirement, how to more effectively be able to be more active when you're younger and you're spending, knowing that you're going to spend less in your latter years but there's some traps that you got to be prepared for. And this is why you need to attend our eight-hour master's level courses that are being taught at most major universities and colleges in your area. And if we are not in your area, you can stream it live from all over the country. All you have to do is make a $29 donation to charity. If you'd like to register, go to retirementplanningedu.org. That's retirementplanningedu.org. Back in a moment, there's much more Retirement Education Hour straight ahead. Classes are forming now. Go to retirementplanningedu.org to register. Again, that's retirementplanningedu.org. Use the promo code PODCAST to receive 50% off your tuition. And now, back to the show. We're back. This is the Retirement Education Hour, and today we are giving you something incredible incredibly valuable. We're giving you a pre-retirement planning checklist. These are the things you need to start thinking about today if you want to begin planning for retirement sometime in 2024. This is very key. You don't want to leave anything out. And I want to talk about the importance of adding up our resources. Why is that on this checklist? Well, Megan, so here's, here's the thing. We're being a little bit sneaky in having you go through this pre- retirement checklist. Actually, it's pre-retirement planning checklist because we want to identify for you where a lot of people are taking an inappropriate approach or the wrong approach. And it's not often it's because of the information they're consuming. It's a lot of misinformation for that one to $10 million families. Right they're They're talking to everyone like they're the average retiree. And that one to $10 million family is not an average retiree. And they're also talking to everyone knowing that if they can condition you to follow these general rules and have these general beliefs and general processes to follow in retirement, you will end up spending less. And the less you spend People that are listening right now, the less you spend, the more your advisors in the financial service industry makes. 
because the less you spend, the more we get to manage. So it's not unintentional why they give you this information and this advice. So we're, we're trying to break some of these myths and misconceptions through helping you going through these pre-retirement checklists. So let's go to resources, Paul. What do I have right now? So we need to add them all up. Everyone seems to want to compartmentalize their money. This is for this. This is for this. This is for this. This is for this. I want you to take all of your money and I want you to add all resources you have. Add them all up to give you an idea of where you're at right now. And if you're within five to 10 years of retirement, I'm even okay with you using a future projected growth rate. Use like 3 4%, something really, really conservative. Very, very, very conservative. 3 to 4%. And if you're still saving into a 401k, your employer's matching, remember to add that into your calculation. So once I've added everything together and then I've forecasted and projected based upon when I want my retirement date to be, what will I have now the real work starts. That The reason this is so important, Paul, and we'll talk about this, is because every decision you make, once you have an idea of what that number looks like, every decision you make needs to be based upon what do I need to give me what I want in retirement? So how much risk do I take? What investments do I use? What year I retire? When I'm going to take my Social Security? Whether I'm going to take my pension or lump sum? Whether I need life insurance? Every decision we make is when you're within 10 years of retirement through retirement should be based upon what do I need to give me what I want in retirement? That's the game. That's all we want to focus on. Yeah. And in your exercise that you just went through, when you're adding up all of your resources, all of the types of accounts you have, and then you add on a projection that will help you anticipate when you retire approximately how much money you will have. Now, we've already done the first exercise, which is the top-down budget, right? We've already identified your vision. So once we know what your vision is, how much money you want, and now we can figure out, okay, approximately what will you have in retirement? Now you can begin doing the plan because now you can begin thinking about, okay, when I start taking money out, what's the best way to take money out? And I, I don't know if we have enough time to, do, to talk about this, Kirk, but we should probably talk about pivot accounts you know, when you start thinking oh, yeah. about those resources, right, do you have pivot accounts so that when you retire and the market may be going down that you can turn to, maybe take a minute and talk about what a pivot account is. So, Paul, I'm really happy you brought that up because in our next segment, so stick around for it, we're going to talk about whether or not if you currently have a team of advisors, advisors, CPA attorneys, we're going to talk about helping you to figure out do you have the right team to execute your retirement plan. This is part of your pre-checklist. You need to, before you begin the plan, to make sure you get the right team to help you plan, right? So what Paul's talking about is a way that you're also now going to be able to figure out if you have that right team. Meaning, we know throughout retirement, for sure, throughout a 30-year retirement, we're going to have four to seven major market events, major market events, crippling most retirement plans, market events are going to occur. And the way many people will approach that is trying to market time their investments to avoid those bad market conditions and or most advisors will tell you to protect your principal and spend less money during those what we call short-term major market events. And we're going to tell you that's the wrong way to do it. 
So what we're going to tell you and teach you, particularly in our classes, is how to set up pivot accounts. We really call this dynamic income planning. So everyone that you listen to and talk to is focused on market timing, your investments around market events. We're going to teach you in our classes to market time where you pull your income from, dynamically pulling income from the right accounts during those market events that are inevitably going to happen. Because the truth is no one can predict when we're going to have major market events. Nobody. Nobody can do that four to seven times throughout a, reti throughout a retirement. This is one of the reasons why they force you to only live on three or 4% withdrawal rates. But if you have pivot accounts that can navigate where you're pulling your income from during those market major market events, now you can take withdrawal rates of six, seven, eight percent throughout your retirement every year. That means you get to retire earlier, you get to spend more money, and you have a lot less fear in retirement. So these pivot accounts are critical in retirement. So I'm glad you brought that up. But Paul, there's so much to do. We can't do it in these radio shows. That's why the charity for over a decade has been teaching these master's level courses, eight hour courses that are held at the University of Michigan, both now Ann Arbor and Dearborn, Eastern Michigan University, Michigan State University, Novi and Troy campuses, Oakland University, the University of Missouri, Columbia College. We stream the classes for our people around the country that are listening to our show on podcast. We're streaming live from the universities. So if you'd like to register, go to retirementplanningedu.org, retirementplanningedu.org. And we'll continue plenty more Retirement Education Hour coming up. To find our latest white papers and webinars, go to retirementplanningedu.org. That's retirementplanningedu.org. And remember to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now back to the show. Back with financial instructors, Kurt Cassidy and Dr. Paul Mettler. So glad to have you with us for the Retirement Education Hour. And what a great program. I'm learning a ton. We are going through this pre-planning checklist for retirement. Kirk and Paul have put this together for you so that you don't have to think and wonder and guess what you need to do to make sure you're ready to start planning. We're going to put it in a checklist so that you can check it off. You can make sure you can have confidence going into the process. And we've covered a lot already. I'm really interested to know who you're working with. You know, once you're ready to start planning, how do you make sure you are actually selecting the right team? So Megan, before anyone starts planning for retirement, that's why this is a pre-checklist for planning for retirement. Before you start, you need to make sure you're working with the right team. This is such an important topic that in the charities classes that we're teaching at all the universities, we spend about 45 minutes of time helping you to identify who is the right team for you. First of all, by showing you what a real retirement plan looks like, but then how do people get paid? How do you do background checks? What very specific questions should you be asking? And some of the criteria you should be looking for in a team. That's how important it is. And that's why we make it such an important topic in the class. But here's a couple of, here's a couple of tips. Like when we say team, 
I want to make sure we're specific. We would argue for those families that have investable assets at retirement between $1 and $10 million. Those families in that, in that range, even, even if you're a little bit under that, you need to have a team who works together. Like, for our example, in our private practice, which we don't talk about very often, our, we operate like a family office. Our clients, we manage all of their wealth. They work with our CPAs and they work with our estate planning attorneys. So you need a team that are all talking, collaborating, and working together. Your CFP or your wealth managers, the people managing your money, your financial planners, your CPA and your attorney have to be collaborating and working together. And in our very strong opinion, all they should be focused on, the only thing they should be focused on is people within five to 10 years of retirement or retirement. We strongly believe you cannot help everyone do everything. The retirement planning process, for example, in our private practice, when we help someone, we spend 50 to 100 hours to just build someone's retirement plan, just to build it. Then hundreds of hours to execute it throughout the retirement. But just to build it, that's how much time is taken. And this is how I know most every one of you don't have that team. Because how is anyone making a recommendation for investment, advice on any financial decisions, without knowing what you need to give you the retirement you want. And then once they know what you need to give you the retirement you want, they've got to then build you your retirement plan. Not once you retire, now, before you retire, five to 10 years before your retirement, because the plan will tell us what you need to own, how much risk you need to be taking, where you should be taking your income from, whether you need any type of insured accounts, whether... you. It tells us everything. There's no general rule because you are your own individual with your own individual resources. Your plan should dictate every decision made about your investments and your and your finances, Paul. Yeah, you know, Kirk, I, I think it's hard. You know, it, this is true in, in most things in life. If you've not gone through it, you don't appreciate it. We have the fortunate opportunity because we meet so many people to see all the mistakes people make. Right. And part of what we're trying to do in the class and the show is help people so they don't make those mistakes. And I just think for the past year, how many people we met that didn't have that team. Right. In particular, just specifically, didn't they're, they're, the attorney and the advisor weren't working together. So at the end of the day, someone has an advisor, someone has an attorney and there's and they're not they're not part of a team. And then something bad happens. And we, we you know, in our private practice, we sadly We've had several people die in the past year, right? And, and, and we've seen the huge mistakes that happen when the attorney is not on the same team as the advisor. And then huh. who pays the price? The children, right? And it's a mess, folks. It's a mess. If you have a team and you're coordinating, it makes it be- good, not just for you, but for your surviving spouse and for your yes. children. I was going to back you up, Paul. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you you said children. And I know you know this because you're the one that originally many, many years ago forced us to really start to focus on that surviving spouse even before the kids. So, So let's put it another way. So if someone does build you a retirement plan, if your attorney hasn't reviewed your retirement plan, 
How do they know how to memorialize your estate planning documents? And there's a lot of things that are different that is required in estate planning documents, trust, powers, all those things for the one to $10 million family versus the two to $500,000 family. There's disclaiming, there's disclaiming in powers of attorney. So they, people have the power to do those things. There's so many things. And the reason the team becomes so important in retirement is because exactly that. Once of, if, especially for married people, one spouse will re, predecease the, the other. One will die first. And that team better have coordinated, they better have memorialized the legal documents to follow the retirement plan. And then the CPA has to be involved to make sure it's most tax efficient throughout your retirement. There's so many variables, folks. You need to attend these eight-hour classes. They're being taught at most of the major universities in your area. And remember, all you have to do to attend these courses, all we ask is for you to make a $29 donation to charity. We've taught over 10,000 people in these courses. These are very advanced, fast-moving courses. We're streaming them live so you can view it wherever you're at in the country if you can't attend in person. So if you'd like to register, please go to retirementplanningedu.org. That's retirementplanningedu.org. And we will return. There's plenty more with Kirk and Paul. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Education Hour. Be sure to follow or subscribe when listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now back to the show. Glad you've been with us for the Retirement Education Hour. What a great show today. You know, this program, the Retirement Education Hour, it really is about helping you feel confident with that education download, giving you nuggets of wisdom and information. And this show, it's doing that big time. We are giving you this pre-planning checklist for retirement. We're going uh, to the very beginning, the very first step. What do you need to be thinking about? You don't want to leave anything out. You don't want to leave anything to chance. Uh, And when you're dealing with something as important as your retirement and making those preparations, you want to make sure you haven't missed something. So Kirk and Paul, they are doing us a great service today. They are providing this pre-checklist and I have taken notes. You know, we've done this a long time. Kirk and Paul, we have been recording this show for years now. And as I think back at what I would put as number one on a pre-planning checklist, it would be getting the information, getting the education. Kirk, Paul, it's huge. It's massive. Megan, it's been over a decade now, 10 plus years ago. The whole purpose of the Retirement Education Foundation, the whole purpose of this charitable program was really trying to fill this gap right here between, you know, sort of that, that, that 700 to that $10 million family. You've got over 10, maybe, maybe even over 20 million. You have access to the best teams and resources to build a very effective retirement plan for you. But under that you know, $700,000. Under the $700,000, the industry depends on general rules, one-size-fits-all solutions, Swiss Army knife solutions. And candidly, given the resources they have, it's, it's really applicable. When you don't have many resources, you really do need to protect your principal. You really do need to spend less when we have major market events. 
you really need to buy Swiss Army knives that does everything okay, but nothing great. But when you get to that sort of one to ten million dollar household, you don't have enough resources for someone to charge you what they would need to charge you to provide you the advanced planning so you could spend more, pay less taxes, retire with more freedom, that you don't have the resources, so you get lumped into the general group, and that's why the foundation started teaching these eight-hour master-level courses in most of the major universities and the areas that we broadcast in now. And so anyone that listens to us on a regular basis, we usually leave the last segment to sort of explaining the education and what is being taught in these classes. So Paul, can you very quickly just walk through some of the highlights that we're focusing on in the class? Well, I mean, in many ways, the checklist that we just spent, you know, this, this show on really is the class. So, right. We talk about income and we talk about the best ways to get income. And it's obviously very different than just having a bunch of investments. We talk about the risks related to getting that income and how do you make sure you're taking money out of the right accounts so that the market's going down, you don't sell investments at the wrong time and and outlive your money, right? We talk about all the risks. We talk about long-term care. How do you plan for long-term care without buying expensive long-term care insurance? We talk about investments, And we talk about the best ways to invest and the things to look out for. How do you search for the the fees that you're spending on your investments, right? We spend a lot of time talking about tax planning, something that most people don't really appreciate because at the end of the day, if you pay less taxes in retirement, you have more money in your pocket, your money lasts longer. So we talk about tax planning. We we talk about legacy planning and we bring in our, our attorney and they talk about how to do a trust. What's the best way to do a trust and how do we coordinate your plan with your trust. These are some of the things that we talk about. Paul, look, you know, we got a limited time. I thought you did a great job. And I think one of the key takeaways from people listening to our show and what they should expect to come to the class is that we're going to teach you what drives performance in retirement. And it's not what you invest in. It's actually where you're taking your income from during different market conditions. You have to have all kinds of different levels of risk throughout your portfolio so that you can not get trapped by something called sequence of returns risk, which is the number one risk to your retirement. And if you do that effectively, and this is why it's eight hours and it's like master's level, when we're teaching you these advanced tax strategies and tax codes, and we're teaching you advanced income planning, the result is you 60-year-olds, you 65-year-olds, you can take out withdrawals Six, seven, eight, sometimes 9% per year. I'm not saying that's what your growth rates are. Your growth rates don't even need to be half that to be able to sustain withdrawal rates of six, seven, eight, nine percent withdrawals in retirement. It's being able to manage your income and managing sequence of returns risk. That's what's going to drive performance. And so the class is a lot. I'm going to tell you, it it moves fast. But what I'll promise you is you'll come away from the class understanding the critical levers that you need to see and have in your retirement plan so that you can spend more, pay less taxes, retire earlier, and have a lot less fear in retirement. And we'll guarantee that. I promise you, you'll get that. But you have to attend the class. If you could do it in person, it's I highly recommend it. We're teaching them at the University of Michigan, both Ann Arbor and Dearborn campuses, at Eastern Michigan University, at Oakland University, at Michigan State University, both Novi and Troy campuses, the University of Missouri, can't forget that, 
Columbia College, and we're streaming these around the country so that you can watch us teach in the classroom live and be engaged and ask questions and be involved in the class. Please register for one of these classes. If you'd like to register, go to retirementplanningedu.org. That's retirementplanningedu.org. Retirement Education Foundation is a fiscally sponsored program of United Charitable, a registered 501c3 public charity. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any insurance discussed in this show is backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Retirement Education Foundation is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Retirement Education Foundation. This radio show is paid for by the Retirement Education Foundation.